0: Welcome back to the brand new rebranded podcast of the maiming duck podcast. I still don't know exactly what I'm going to name this podcast, but what I want to do going forward with this podcast is I want to start bringing in, I want to, I want to start having this podcast be more about like finance and investment banking. Um, I want to bring on guests and which have great stories of getting into finance and investment banking, how they got in, what they do, you know, people that work in investment banking, private equity, venture capital, or just any other type of finance role, strategic finance, asset management, corporate banking, just so that you guys can get more of a wide range of different career paths and knowledge of what each of these branches do. Um, I think that'll be pretty valuable to you guys. Um, But aside from that, I really also want to focus on just the, I guess, the dichotomy of working, job, and finance and also outside of finance, right? And what do I mean by that? So I think a lot of the stuff I create on TikTok, um, my my main goal is to help inspire you guys out there uh, for the people that, you know, either you want to break into finance, but you don't know how to, or you want to get a certain job that you don't know how to get, Um Basically, I want to create or I do create content around how you can find better jobs. And in particular, I talk a lot about finding, you know, jobs in investment banking, how I was able to do it from a non-target school. But I feel like what I don't talk about enough and what I want to start talking about more is my journey and other people's journey of quitting finance. Because um, I feel like just as, as many people that want to get into finance and investment banking, there are just as many people that want to get out of finance and investment banking. And in my opinion, that choice is a lot harder to make just because you are kind of sacrificing a lot. You know, obviously you're quitting a pretty lucrative, lucrative job. You know, a lot of times you're being paid six figures, especially the deeper you get into like, you know, finance and investment banking, your salary goes up. It makes it much harder to make that decision to quit the industry. Right. Even though, you know, the, the lifestyle could be toxic, you could be burnt out, but just like, well, you're making 300K a year by the time you're like 25, 26, you're like, oh shit, I mean, yeah, it pays pretty well, I guess. Like, it's kind of hard to just say, hey, screw this, I'm going to go figure things out for two years and see what happens. Um, so I kind of want to use this podcast to not only help prospective students or professionals that want to break into investment banking or the finance world, but I want to also use this podcast to help current working professionals in finance to understand people that, you know, I want to be interviewing people that have gone out finance and are now doing great things, right? And talk about how they did it, the mindset that led them to do that and kind of what they're doing now. Um, because I think a lot of times finance, especially investment banking, can be kind of a cult that when you try to quit the industry, many people, I mean this happened to me, right? When you try to quit the industry, many people are like, oh, where are you going next? You going to corporate development? What company are you going to or doing private equity? For me, when I quit, I was like, no, nah, I'm doing none of those. I'm going to go figure it out and probably start creating content. And all my coworkers and management directors were kind of like, oh, oh, well, cool. Yeah, good luck. Go do that. Um, but yeah, I I feel like, you know, I want to kind of provide that platform, right? That platform of transparency, transparency, authenticity of people that currently work in finance um, that may want to kind of understand what it's like outside of finance to kind of like paint that picture for them, what that's like. Because my end goal of my content that I create is to one, inspire you to do what you want, get the job that you want. And two, inspire you to quit that job, right? Where that is to get a better job, a different job because you hate the job you're working at or to go start a business. I think that is ultimately the goal of why I basically started creating content in the first place. And I think this podcast more... I guess like long form stories can be a great platform for me to basically convey that idea. So that being said, I want to talk about the first segment that I want to get into on in this podcast, which this podcast episode is literally just me talking to myself in my room, which is kind of funny. But I don't know, kinda of like it. Um I wanna I want to make this first episode a little bit special. Um just me and myself talking, kind of like starting something new. Um starting this podcast in a different direction. But I wanna talk about three things today. I wanna to talk about my story of how I got into investment banking. Um, for those of you out there, your main university students made for a non-target school don't have the proper experiences um, like I did. And I wanna share how I did it so that you guys out there can maybe follow a similar path and hopefully inspire some of you guys to do as well. The second thing I wanna talk about is my story of how I was able to quit investment banking, right? what? I guess like the mindset I had when I knew I had to quit and how I finally came to courage to quit the job. You know, this traditionally very lucrative job that many people would probably die to have um, that I decided that I don't want to do it anymore. And last but not least, you guys know, I need to stay here for the last part, but I'm just going to talk about my plans for the future just because why not? It's my podcast. I'm just going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you guys my plans how I'm I'm planning to make this entrepreneurship journey work, how I'm planning to monetize my content. And, you know, I'm going to talk about my e-commerce stuff as well. Um, Those of you that don't know, I I am, um, well, I have been trying to build out a e-commerce structuring business for the past year and a half. Have seen some successes, have seen some fails. um, So I just want to talk about that as well. But yeah, part one of this podcast, how I got into investment banking. So... My story getting to get invest in banking actually starts a lot earlier than just my junior year. Um, so basically, I guess like give you guys a quick rundown of my background. So I went to the university in California at, California at San Diego. Um, I studied electrical engineering, so I was like a STEM major, and all that stuff. Uh, went through my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, basically just um, doing STEM engineering stuff. Like I interned at a pharmaceutical company as a manufacturing engineer. I interned at a, a medical company in Dallas, Texas. Actually, as just like a typical hard, hardware engineering internship, that was actually a six month co op, um, which was pretty cool. Had to take some school off to do it. Was completely worth it. Had a, had a blast in Texas. Uh, met cool friends. But and when I came to the part where I was like, I kind of want to give investment banking a try. This was in my junior. To senior year summer. And I'll immediately want to say that I many people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, you can't recruit for investment banking summer internships at that time. Well, it was different for me because I was an engineering major. That means I was taking a fifth year. So technically, I was an income junior at the time. So what I ended up doing was I was working at that internship in July of 2017. And guys, I I I hated this internship. Like it was Boring. It was at this defense company. Like the it was just like very traditional 1980s corporate America. You just sitting there all day long in this high cubicle walls, just no sunlight, no windows, no nothing. Um and and it's it, I mean, it was a nice cushiony job. I uh, I always talk about this, like how if you're like 30, 35 years old, you have a family and stuff, this this company is in San Diego, it's very stable, it pays decent, like. My God, it, it's a it's a pretty nice job if you're in that situation. But for a 21-year-old at the time that's trying to, you know, quote-unquote do big things in the world, it felt suffocating, right? I felt like I was doing nothing all day, and I felt like I was kind of, in a way, made for much more. I want a more intense job. Um So nonetheless, I went back to drawing book, book, it was like, and uh, uh, I I forgot to mention, at this point, honestly, guys, I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. I already knew I didn't want to be. Um, I did engineering just because I knew it was a safe path. I knew it was good to have a technical degree, but I always knew that I didn't want to be an engineer in the long run. I always knew I was going to get something into something more business related. I don't care when it was, like 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, I knew I wanted to do something more business related. So it was during during this internship that I was just like, I really hate what I'm doing right now. this job is very boring. What is the most intense job I can do Voted me hold I you know and and I knew about investment banking and um, also consulting I, I'm gonna talk about that in a second back when I was a freshman ready right I, I heard about it I, I didn't know too much about it I was just like, oh, okay, here's this very cool Wall Street job like um, I don't I don't know too much about it never did much research. In my sophomore year, I almost was like, I should try to go for this, but I just never really like execute it, right? So it wasn't until my junior year summer to my senior year when I was working this boring internship that I was doing, I was like, I need to do something about this. I need to figure out what these different career paths are that I can go into because I do not want to be doing engineering or this thing internship that I'm doing right now. So I began to ask around. Um, I started out by just asking alumni um, from my school. Thankfully, I was a part of a business org slash business fraternity that basically had a couple of alumni that either were trying to get into investment banking or I uh, sorry, a couple of seniors or people older than me trying to get into investment banking or alumni that were working in investment banking and consulting. Uh, because at that point, I was just like, I was open to both. I didn't care. I was like, I want to get into banking or consulting, like whichever one's easier, <laughs> whichever one will take me. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm kind of old, like deep into my college career. At this point, I have zero business experience. All I have is just engineering stuff. Um, granted, I, I had a pretty solid engineering resume. Right. I had like a 3.7 uh, with like three internships. Like it's pretty good. It wasn't bad, but I was like, I want to do something business related. Right. And I'll see something between investment in banking, and consulting. So, I networked with a bunch of alumni in banking and consulting and ultimately was at first a little bit overwhelmed because I just didn't know like what I needed to do. I think everyone starts at this point. They talk to some alumni after school and just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get into banking? Oh yeah. You got to like network and call these guys and uh, you, you got to study these technicals. I'm like, oh shit. What are these technicals? Uh, you know, you know like DCF, accounting principles and like uh, WAC. I'm like, what the fuck are this guy talking about? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I'll tell you more. Um, but it was very overwhelming at first, right? So I, I after I talked to like a few alumni, um, I was just like, oh God, I, I don't know if I can do this. It's just like, it sounds like a lot of work. I, I'm kind of late to the game already. Um, I was getting a little discouraged because they're like, yeah, you know, you gotta like kind of start knowing you wanna do investment banking since you're like a freshman. Like I've been preparing for it since I was a freshman. I'm just like, God damn, I'm like a junior right now going to my senior year. I'm gonna be fifth year. Like, what am I doing? Like, why <laughs> Why am I so late to the game? Um, So like, I kind of took a break for a month just not thinking about it. and But guys, it was already J- July at this point, okay? Like, right now, investment banks recruit all the way back in, like, February of, like, the year before they even have their internships. Like, for example, like, February 2022, they're recruiting for summer 2023 internships. Completely ridiculous. It's, it's so stupid, but it's how the system works, right? Back when I was recruiting for investment banking in 2017, um, it was basically... They start recruiting around like July, August, and it ends around October. So still kind of ridiculously early because it starts before school even begins. But much, much later compared to how early they start recruiting now. But anyways, it was just July at this point. I was just like, I was overwhelmed. I was like, I don't want to think about this. So I went back to my job for like another month, just kind of grinding away. And then like another four weeks doing that internship, I was like, you know what, Andrew, you, you have to make a decision. All right. I know it's risky. I know trying to pursue investment banking is going to be hard because you literally know nothing. Like, I couldn't even name you what the three financial statements were at this point. I'd never taken a single accounting business finance class in college ever, right? I knew what tramps went for. I knew integral calculus. I knew all these different things, but I couldn't tell you what, what a fucking balance sheet was, okay? Like, that was how clueless I was. But anyways, I decided... I forgot what exact date it was, and I can probably look it up because I'll tell you. I- I'm about to tell you in a second why, but it was this one weekend that I was just like, "I'm gonna give it a shot. I don't know what's gonna end up happening, but I have nothing to lose. I'm young. Um, if this doesn't work out, I can always just recruit for engineering jobs that comes up in the fall because engineering obviously recruits at normal, normal fucking timeline, like when school starts in like November, October, and stuff. But I I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I have a couple months to do this. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I have nothing to lose. So why, 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 why does it hurt to try anyways? It just, I'm just going to sacrifice the rest of my summer studying for this, trying to get into banking anyways. So what I actually did next was I, I called my mom. (laughs) I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, just letting you know, I made a decision. My mom knew at this point that I hated my job. I was like, mom. I'm going to try to break into investment banking. And, you know, my mom's always been very supportive. She was like, go for it. You know, you you try it. You never know. So I was like, fuck yeah. So it was like a Friday night at that time. Next day, that weekend, to prepare to get into investment banking, you guys know what I did? I went to a rave, right? I went to Heart Summer 2017. blew my fucking brains out for a weekend. And I was like, all right, I'll start on Monday. I'll start on Monday. (laughs) So... After a weekend on Monday, I'll still put, uh, uh, please note, I'll still work in my internship at this time too, but starting on Monday, I was like, I'm going to to go to this rave and then I'll start trying to get into the best of banking next Monday. So Monday came around um, and it was pretty much goal time. Like that, that, I mean, I'll talk about this more later, but I have never seen myself been more motivated to do something. Like, it's kind of funny. I'm, I look back back, wow like, you, wow, Andrew, you, you, you really want that, didn't you? Like, you were pretty goddamn motivated. Like, I, I could never find that motivation in my life again. But I went to work every day, my internship, from like 9 a.m. to like 5, 6 p.m. Came back and then just started to study, like, financial technicals and networking with people from, like, 6 p.m. to, like, 2 a.m. Every single day for the rest of my internship. I mean, granted, at this point, I only have, like, three weeks left of my internship. But that was what I was doing. I legit... Almost miss, so, you know, at the end of my internship, basically what we had to do was give a presentation about what we did during the internship and stuff. I would almost miss that presentation because the day before I was trying to learn how $10 of depreciation will throw, flow through three financial statements. Like I I was like up to 2 a.m. staying the night before my internship presentation. And my next, my manager called me and was like, Andrew, where are you at? What You're about to present right now. Oh, cause you present from like, you know, senior managers and other people at the company, right? and it'll make him look bad if I didn't show up. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Um, but that's a different story. Guys, Guys, I wasn't a great intern. I was not a good intern at all. So, but basically, that's what I did. I did that for the last three weeks, my internship. I studied from um, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. every single day. And after my internship ended, I went back home to L.A. because uh, my internship was in San Diego. And... From, like, the it was, like, I don't know, like, mid-August mid at this point to, like, late August, I basically spent the rest of my summer, every single day from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m., either studying technical questions, um, networking on people, sending out networking emails, trying to get on calls with bankers, and, you know, I, oh, I, you know, I, I also went to, like, career fairs at different schools, so I was in L.A., so... USC starts school like late August, early September, I, I believe, like late August. So I was going to like a couple USC investment banking uh, recruitment events because they hosted it there, and I was just like, "Well, oh, shit, I I go to UCSD, which you know, if you guys, oh, uh, just quick background, UCSD is like a non-target school for investment banking. Um, so I there was no recruitment resources at my university, so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna go to USC, <laughs> I'm gonna go there. And I'm going to go talk to these bankers and say, I don't go to school, but I still want to get an investment banking. Um, So I I did that pretty much the rest of the summer, you know, and in the beginning, it was pretty discouraging. Um, It it was both, I guess. It was discouraging and encouraging because a lot of people I talked to were either encouraging saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, just do this, do that. It's pretty easy. You know, you work hard, you'll get in. And, then, and I'll I'll talk to, like, a couple of douchebags that would just be like, dude, you're so late to the game. Like, why even try? Like, we're really recruiting next week, which is completely not true. Like, they're recruiting, like, the entire next two months. They're like, yeah, we're doing Super days already. Like, you're too late to the game, array. Don't even try. Just try to get your MBA. Um, Oh, that's... Oh, yeah, I should tell that story. So, so basically, you know how I was saying I was going to, like, USC events, right? So, USC had this event called... I forgot what it was called. It was like, a town and gown or something, where basically they had, like, a bunch of investment banking professionals come in um, for like a panelist event. And then I was talking to this guy, I'm not going to name the investment bank, but it was, it was an investment bank in LA, obviously, because um, USC. And basically he told me to not even try. He was just like, look, you don't even go to a target school. You have zero financial experiences. Just work a couple of years in engineering and then get an MBA and pivot into investment banking. Right. He straight up told me that. It was like, you're wasting your time. Don't even try. Don't even try. And I was like, at that point, I would have been discouraged, but I already heard that so much at that point. that I was just like, whatever, man, like, I'm just going to try. If it doesn't work out, then I'll do your way. But you're not going to stop me. Like, I, I'm still going to do this until like, I can't, I literally can't do anymore. Like, there's literally no investment banking positions available anymore. That's when I'll stop. That's when I'll stop. God, I was so motivated. Holy shit. (laughs) I cannot find a motivation anymore. But, yeah, pretty much, like, after, like, a month and a half of, like, no results, people just not wanting to give me a shot at all. You know, like, most of the networking calls I have people, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you're very well-spoken, you seem a cool guy, but we're, we're just not looking to hire, um, you know, people like you. Or they, they won't say that, but, you know, they would just be like, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll be in touch, but you never hear back from them. Um, it wasn't until, like, a little bit more deeper in that, I was able to finally get like a first round interview at City. You know, I'm just gonna say the bank, whatever. I got first round interview at City because we have alumni working at that school. For some reason, we have like two to three UC San Diego alumni working in the city tech group. So this guy was nice enough to put me through for a technical interview, like the first round, right? And I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic, you know, because up until this point, like it's been like a month and a half. I had zero interviews, nothing, no results, nothing to show for it. Just I knew the technicals pretty well at that point, not perfectly, but I've been networking so much, I've been working on my story a lot. Um, but just I, I, I never had a chance to like really test out my knowledge on the field, right? Get the chance to finally like catch a break, have an interview. So when I had this chance to finally interview, have a first round, I was super excited, super nervous as well. Um. And guess what happened, guys? I, I did the interview, and I bombed the shit out of the interview. Like, it, it's, it's kind of sad. It wasn't even like, it was sad, like how badly I bombed it. So if anyone out there is has a first interview coming up or has bombed their first interview, just know that it's normal to shit the bed on your first technical interview because you're just so nervous that you can't answer anything. Um, but yeah, I, I I bombed my first interview. It's it's part of the process. So like, don't worry about it. You're you're supposed to like bomb your first one so you can get more confident in the next one. So yeah, I bombed that one. Obviously, didn't get invited to Super Day. Um, I had another first round with like a different middle market bank, didn't go anywhere. So I had two first rounds at this point. It's like it was like first. It was like late September at this point. It was like last week of September. I've been doing this for like almost two and a half months, you know, cause I started like beginning of August or something like that. And I had nothing. I had nothing. I was just like, I spent the last two months doing this. The the guy was right at USC. I'm just wasting my time. Like investment banks, not going to hire me. And look lucki- at luckily enough at this point, I met a few pretty cool guys that worked in the industry through my networking calls that were kind enough to basically provide me advice of how I can do it. Um, and what, one guy said was basically, dude, you've been reaching out to Analyst and associates up to this point. Like, why are you still talking to analysts and associates? These guys obviously, obviously it hasn't worked for you. These guys, number one, aren't going to refer you. And number two, if they do, I mean, I, I, I mean, they, they're just not, right? And then like the once, once, one to two times they do is very rare. And I, I kind of bombed those interviews anyways. Uh, but basically he was saying like, I was wasting my time trying to reach out to Analyst associates because these guys aren't going to, you know, put their, I guess, like, um, their name, their reputation on the line for some non target kid that probably just watched the wolf of Wall Street or something said, Yeah, I want to get an investment banking now. You know, kind, kind of kind of, true. <laughs> so I began reaching out to own VPs and MDs at that point, right? I, I just started to spam all VPs and MDs across the street, Wall Street. Um, and the response rate was much lower at that time. But I did have one VP reply to me. And the reason this VP replied to me, was because I interned, you know, I, you know, earlier I said I I did internship in Texas at medical company. So when I was interned there, I mean, I don't think this guy worked at the same time, but he worked at that same company as well, but under their business development department. And because we had that commonality, I was able to put that in the email to him. And he was just like, yeah, let's chat. Yeah, whatever, you know? So I hop on a call with the VP and this guy, Funny story, actually, I'm not too proud of this, but I was actually really hungover on the call. It was like a f- Friday morning. And for some God forsaken reason, I went out on Thursday night. And this call was like, again, for some reason, this call is like 8, 9 a.m. And I was out to like 2, 3 a.m. the night before. But but I did the call anyways. And in a way, I actually think that kind of helped me on the call because I, I sounded so confident and I didn't. I didn't give a shit because I was just so hungover from that call. That I was just like, I'm just, I'm gonna try and try and get this over with. But I hopped on call the guy. I told him my story. I told him everything, and basically he liked it. He liked my story. It was just like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, and what what I realized, but uh, sorry, not what I realized. Um, something that worked on the call that I came to realize was that like. I was like pretty aggressive with asking him to basically, I won't say give me a referral, but even, i like even though he liked my story, he was still kind of like a little wary to like be like, ah, I'm not too sure if I want to refer this kid or anything. It's like ah, that's whatever. But then I kind of pushed for it, right? And this is kind of what I recommend some of you guys out there to do. Is like if you happen to get on call VP, at MD, and stuff, be genuine. I mean, don't don't be too aggressive, but you know, definitely push for it definitely like you know really convey that you really want it and that you have been working very hard and that you're ready for an interview basically right because basically like what this guy said or what i told him was that like i I gave him my typical spiel i talk about this a lot a lot about this my tiktok account right it's like oh how can i best position myself for an interview at your firm or like you know what do you guys typically look for in a candidate he'll and he'll give some generic responses like oh yeah you know um you know, look for people with like great financial experiences, uh, great GPA, you know, people that really want to work in banking. I'm like, all right, cool, 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 cool. So, so how can I get interviewed? <laughs> like, Cause I, I think I literally told him like, look, I've been trying to get interviewed at investment bank up to this point. Like I've been working really hard. I, I know all the technicals I've been studying this nonstop. I'm ready for an interview. I just haven't really catch a break yet. Granted, you know, I, I was like so hungover on this call. I didn't give a crap. Like I, I was just like, I'm gonna say where I want. But I think because I I sound so confident, he was just like, hmm, do you know what DCF is? I'm like, yeah, I can I can walk you through it right now. He's like, oh no, that's fine. Um, okay. H- how about this? How about you uh, just send me a resume, I'll see what I can do about it. I was like, Great, sounds good. I'll send you my resume. Hung up the call, s- sent him my resume. And honestly, like this was like the first week of October at this point, right? Like last week of September, first week of October. Um, I don't exactly remember which one it was. I at this point I kind of gave up already. I was like, look, all the investment banks are almost done recruiting. Um, I if if I don't get any in next two weeks, I'm just going to stop. Right, like maybe I'll do a boutique investment banking internship uh, during the school year, and then maybe I'll do a boutique investment banking job after college for like one year or something, and then lateral to like a bigger bank afterwards. That was already like my plan at that point. I, I, I kind of really lost hope, right? It was like the last, like I already knew at that point, investment banks were starting to wrap up their recruitment. But because of that call, I didn't expect them to like refer me because at that point I, I lost hope. I was just like, yeah, everyone just says they'll, they'll, they'll be in touch. They'll do something about it. I sent my resume to so many people, right? I'm just like, here's just another one. But miraculously, it was a Wednesday. I still remember this to this day. It was a Wednesday. I get a call from the HR at this bank. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what bank it is. It was, it was Piper Jaffrey, right? I, I get a call. I mean, it's on my TikTok account. I'm not hiding anything. It's also my LinkedIn. You could probably find it. Um, and the HR was like, hey, is this Andrew? I'm like, yeah, this is Andrew. She was like, yeah, we're having our last super day for our summer uh, internship for 2018. This Friday, which is two days from now. Um you know, she didn't say it was two days or not, but like I was like, oh shit, it's Wednesday right now. This is Friday, that's two days from now. She's like, yeah, are you interested in joining? This is the she said, this is the last super day and this is the last spot for the super day. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do I'm interest. Yeah, definitely. Know, let's do it. She's like, great, I'll put you down. Um uh, we'll, we'll our our expenses department be in touch. We'll we'll book you a flight in a hotel and we'll get you up there like literally tomorrow. So I was like, oh shit, all right, cool. Um next day. Because uh, I was already in school at this point, I ditched class the entire Thursday. I studied all the technicals. I tried to review everything I could. Like I was like, "This is it. Um, I, I I need to get this job." So Thursday night, I fly out to oh, this is San Francisco, by the way. Um, the inter- the internship or an interview. I fly out to um, the San Francisco location. Oh, by the way, the, the VP that referred me, funny enough, this guy didn't even work in San Francisco. This guy worked in Minneapolis, All right, Middle of nowhere, All right, And this guy, this guy was born in, like, South Dakota or something, right? So me and this guy literally had nothing in common except for the fact that we worked at the same company at one point. Um, but, yeah, this guy wasn't even a San Francisco office, but somebody who was able to refer me to the SF office. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I flew out Thursday night. I I... I, I Get into my hotel. It's like this. I um, fuck. Where was it? It was like a pretty nice hotel and stuff. Like I'm trying to remember exactly where the hotel was. I'm drawing a blank right now. It actually did I even go? No, I didn't go to a hotel. No, no, I stayed at a friend's place. Whatever, irrelevant, irrelevant. Um, they were booked me a hotel, but irrelevant. I stayed at a friend's place and I went next day for the interview, right? And I remember I remember that morning of the super day. I remember that morning because basically. Um, I was at McDonald's eating breakfast before my super day. And I just remember thinking to myself, being like, I think this is it, Andrew. If if you don't get this offer today, I don't think you're getting into investment banking. I mean, obviously I could still like get in like you know, regional boutique and then do that path right. I talked about it, right? But at that point I was like, yeah, this is their last super day and it's it's like first week of October. Like I think all investment banks are already done recruiting. Like this, if you don't get this offer today, you're not getting to investment banking. And almost, like, that didn't scare me, really. Like, I was almost, like, okay with it, or I just didn't think about it too much, right? Like, it didn't get to me. I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're, we're here already. Let's just do the interview. And I, 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 was, I was just happy right at that point. I was just happy that I made it that far. Like, two months ago, I couldn't tell you what the three financial statements were. And today... An investment bank is willing to give me a shot. Some kid from non-target school, zero financial experiences, nothing, no connections. He was like, let's get this guy a shot to interview for this investment banking position, right? And that to me was just a great victory, success. Like I already made it. Just the fact that I was, I had a shot. Like I didn't even, I mean, I wanted the offer, but the offer wasn't ray. something that I was like, if I don't get this, I'm a failure. I already felt like I won because- I was able to have the chance to interview. But you you guys already know the story, obviously. Like, I did the interview. I I killed it. I killed that interview, guys. Like, looking back to this day, I have never killed an interview as hard as this. I think, like, I look so passionate about (laughs) finance in a job, which is, I'm like, holy shit. I'm the complete opposite now. But I look so passionate about investment banking. On the interview, I talked to analysts, associates. Okay, the first round was a technical round, and I shat the bat at one of the questions, but one of the guys, the guy that did a technical interview, he's super chill. I, I I love this guy. He was just like, it's okay, don't worry about it. You just missed one question. I was like, oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I did the super day. It was from like 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., like four hours of grueling just talking to people back and forth, but I was on fire. I was on fire. I, I said things that day that I don't even know how I said I don't even know I can say it again. I was just, I, I killed every single question. I had answered for everything to prepare for me because I just practiced so much at that point and I got the offer and how I got the offer was almost like a little bit like poetic. I was walking out on the streets of San Francisco after my interview, just feeling great, feeling great that like, number one, you know, like I said, I was very grateful that I had the chance to interview, but also just grateful that I did well. I, I did my best. You know, I, I gave it, I give it, I give it all. And at that point, it, I, I want to say like, I didn't care if I got the offer or not. Cause I knew that like, I gave him my all and I did my best. And if I don't get the offer at that point, then it's okay. Because it wasn't because I made a mistake, which is, you know, the stars not online or anything, but I was walking through San Francisco. I get a call. Like, I, I left the building for like 15 minutes at that point. I get a call from the HR of the bank, right? And she was like, hey, is this Andrew? I'm like, yeah, it's Andrew. She's like, yeah. Um, the team was super impressed with uh, what you said in the interview today, and we would like to extend you an offer for the 2018 Investment Banking Ceremony Analyst Program. Holy shit, guys. Holy shit. I did it. I fucking did it. I fucking did it. I, I was like, I I never been caught out, out of breath before. I don't know what the saying is. I never been like out of breath before. But in that moment, I could, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, "Shit, I, shit, man!" I was just so happy. I I, I don't even know happiness was the right way to describe it. It was a feeling I couldn't describe at all. I was just like, I was like, "Thank you." I I don't know to say like this is this is crazy. Um, I mean, of course I sound more excited to her, right? I had to be, I had to sound a little more excited, but. After the call, I hung up and I just walked on the streets in San Francisco for a bit. I, I, I mean, I didn't want to do anything else. I just, I want to take in that feeling, that feeling of like this. I mean, let's be honest. Like right now, I've been doing this entrepreneurship shit for like a year and a half, and you know, I'm still waiting for to catch my break, right? But two months at that point was like a long time. Two months of every day from 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. Right. I mean, if you include the internship, that worked that too. For to for something that in the beginning I, I didn't know anything about, that seemed impossible. People told me it was impossible. I had people that encouraged me, but I also had people that told me that not even to try to get to a point that I was able to get the offer, you know, from a place where people, I won't say looked down on me, but just said, like, just kind of like I was irrelevant. People just didn't even bat an eye. You know, they'll they'll get on networking also me. And just be like, all right, cool, yeah, whatever, good luck, right? To get in a point where I'm like, I got the offer. I got the offer. Um, and it was like that scene in Pursuit of Happiness. You know, I don't know if you guys ever seen a movie with Will Smith where he, like, he he finally gets a job as a stockbroker in San Francisco. Um, and he was just so happy, like clapping his hands on the street at SF. I was Will Smith that day, guys. I was Will Smith that day, walking around SF. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of my story of getting into investment banking. Um, it is one that I will say I am somewhat most proud of, you know, to this day where I started in a place where I didn't believe I can do it. Right. And this is why I guess I can say I'm so passionate about this when I talk about it on my account. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to in a bit of like why I quit investment banking and stuff, but you know, this is a story where, um, you know, even though like I'm like, now I'm like, investment banking, whatever, man, you don't have to do the job. It's not that great. But it's the fact that in the moment, it seemed like this Goliath that I had to overcome. This, this thing that I couldn't accomplish, that I didn't believe I could accomplish, that I just told myself, fuck it. We're going to fucking do it anyways. And we're going to see what happens, right? Because I don't think I ever challenged myself like that before. Right? And, and to be honest, it, it's, it's a fucking job, dude. Who cares? Man? Challenge yourself, whatever, man. You challenge yourself to get a job, right? <laughs> but but it, it was the more the mindset, the attitude that I have that I didn't think I could do it, but I said, we're going to try anyways. And just having that experience, like, has kind of, like, set a precedence in my life where I now, which kind of, you know, leads me to next step why I quit the industry, right? Which is, like, just because something seems impossible in a moment, doesn't mean you can't accomplish it, right? Many people write themselves off before they even try to do something, right? Which is, you know, why I create the content I create. I try to help people get the jobs that they want. I try to inspire people to quit their jobs because um, I, I just believe that, like, our minds are so powerful. Like, it start, it all starts in the head. If we believe we can't do it, we can't do it. But if you can do it, you might not still be able to do it, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, you at least have a chance now <laughs> but yeah that's my story again to invest in banking um this podcast has been going on for a while i'm not too sure if i'm gonna break into two parts or anything but yeah next part all right i'm, I'm just gonna do it fuck it i'm gonna do it on all, all one podcast because to be honest i i just i just want to have the first episode just be about my story so far um if if not like anyone listens to it at least i want to document the story and talk about just like my thoughts, where I am right now on July 15th, 2022. So, anyways, a year passes. I do my summer internship. Um, I worked under the Consumer Investment Banking Group at Piper Jaffrey. Phenomenal internship. Had a great time. Uh, met this buddy of mine that still I'm still friends with to this day. He was one of my coworkers, um, intern, intern buddies and stuff. You know, was able to work on a MA transaction for a fitness company. Um, was actually able to be take the role of a full-time analyst on it because the the analyst that was on the deal quit two weeks into my summer internship so literally they didn't have an analyst so i was legit the analyst on the job two weeks into my internship so like i was thrown a lot of responsibilities immediately which low-key i kind of thrive in that environment i I like it when i'm like andrew this kind of depends on you i'm like fuck yeah dude give it to me um which kind of brings me to the point of why i quit later but i'll get to that but yeah um oh before before I talk too much about why oh yeah so so I wrapped that internship got the return offer um, eventually lateral over to uh, the bank I worked out for full time which is Wells Fargo um, and yeah and pretty much I mean I, c- I can go into my internship stuff but I don't think that's relevant um, that's not that interesting so yeah before I talk about me working full time investment banking and why I quit I want to talk quickly about how you can get into investment banking right because I mean obviously. Enough of me talking about myself. How can I help you now? Right. So in order again to invest in banking, if you're currently a non-target student with no experience, um, this is for you. If you do have experience or you don't come from non-target, this is still for you because it's still also relevant. But my story um is, can be very inspiring and helpful for those who are come from non-target school without the proper quote unquote experience. So there's a couple of things you need to do to get into investment banking. Number one, you need to believe that you can, right? I think that's the most important part, right? Like to be honest, I didn't even believe I could at that point. I just I just kind of shut my brain off. So I was like, shut the fuck up. We're just gonna do it anyways, right? Hold up, guys. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a drink real quick. But step one is believing that you can. Because if you don't believe you can, you already lost. So that's step one. And trust me, you can't. But there are, I hate to admit this, there are a few prerequisites to get into investment banking. And it's not like if you don't have these, you can't get in. You'll just be a lot tougher, even tougher than how it was for me, right? But there are other ways to get into it, which I will probably talk about uh, in future podcasts or just on my TikTok account. But you do need a decent GPA. You, you kind of have to. It's just it just how the industry runs. I'm sorry. Um, ideally above a 3.7, 3. 7, 3 point, but 3.6 is fine. 3.5, you're point of fire. 3.4, it's going to be very tough. But ideally above a 3.7. Um, Any about 3.7, I think you're fine at that point. Um, also, you want to have at least some sort of professional experiences on your resume, right? Where this is, um, you know, for me, I had engineering internships, but if you have financial internships, business-related internships, that, of course, is going to be better. But you you want to show a track record of, sorry, a guy that takes himself seriously professionally and a track record of being, like, quote-unquote, a hard worker. So I'll say those are two main prerequisites. A decent GPA above ideally above a 3.7, and a track record of developing professionally, right? And ideally, even if your school is a non-target school, ideally, you still go to a top 100 university. Uh, in our case, the USA, right? Um, which I, I'm going to assume most of you guys do. Um, I, I don't... Uh, I, I may sound very inconsiderate when I say this, but I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to get into a top 100 university in USA. If you aren't at one, you can probably transfer into one. Um, but I'm not going to talk too much about that because maybe it's not right. But I I think most of my viewers are probably in a top 100 university in the USA, right? I, 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 like for example, I think UCR is like 90 something or whatnot. I don't quote me on that. But anyways, aside the point, let me continue. So yeah, so those are prerequisites. But really, to get into investment banking, it's it's just three things. It's just really three things you got to do. Number one, you got to have a good story. Okay. Not, not because you, you watched the Wolf of Wall Street or you trade stocks and stuff that now you, you want to work in finance. No, have a great personal story that's personal to you that has to do with like the financial markets or, you know, how you discover investment banking and now how, how you realize that it was a career you, to do, career you wanted to do, right? Make sure it's personal. Make sure it's personally unique to you that no one else can copy, right? Number two, technicals. Um, technicals, I can go very deep into it, but I'm just going to keep it very brief. I personally used to break in, break in the wall street guide. I talked about this in my account before they have a new guide. Now i never used the use new the new one. I used the old one, but I'm assuming it's just as good, but I used to break in the wall street guide and honestly, for technicals, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. If you're looking to get some summer internship in investment banking, the really only technicals you need to know. I mean, not only ones, but the ones you have to know page to page are accounting principles valuation methodologies, DCF, WAC, and like EBITDA slash cash flow calculations, and like, you know, enterprise equity value, stuff of that sort. Basically, everything before M&A and LBO models. Know it page to page, but M&A and LBO models, in my personal opinions, those questions rarely come up in interviews, especially for summer analysts, unless you're interviewing for like a super selective shop or like a elite boutique, right? If you're just interviewing for like, even like bulge brackets and stuff, like JP Morgan Bank of America, uh and, and like all the middle markets like dude you're, you're barely going to get any questions for MA and lbo models unless you're interviewing for like an MA team or something like that right then probably you are um but yeah like mna lbo models just know what they are on high level understand what like a source and uses table are what goes into them what how to walk through one and like kind of purpose of it like like, you know, m model, like, yeah, it's to to understand the accretion dilution of a of a merchant acquisition, right? Um, you know, what happens with all cash, all debt, all stock deals, stuff of that sort, right? But other than that, like, no one's going to ask to walk you through, like, a fucking asset, like, I, I, I don't even know what it's called right now. Like, asset write-up, asset write-down, deferred tax liabilities, uh, like, a debt schedule on the LBO model. You're You're not, you're not going to get, like... Like yeah, like intangible asset and stuff. Like you don't get questions like that. Trust me. Trust me. You you just won't. Because half the time the bankers don't even know what the fuck those things are. <laughs> You'd be surprised when people who work in banking actually can't even build LB or MA model. <laughs> but yeah, anything before MA LBO model, like everything everything before that, know a page to page, but those two last like behemoths, don't worry too much about them. Just know them on a high level. Last thing, networking. I talk about this a lot in some of my accounts. I'm going to keep it brief right now as well. But basically, dude, just get LinkedIn Premium. I got the Sales Navigator one. You don't have to get that one, but you want to get LinkedIn Premium just because number one, it gives you limited searches searches, and you are going to run off searches on LinkedIn. Guaranteed. If you're trying to get into investment banking and i got the sales navigator one because it number one allows me to build leads that means like i can just kind of like save people's profiles and like have like a list of people that i still plan to reach out to also allows me to email people which means to dm them directly on linkedin without being connected to them um so that was pretty helpful um during my process of uh just trying to network so yeah those three things good story technical networking start networking with uh alumni from your school at first but once you run out that honestly just network everywhere like it's don't don't worry about oh they don't go to my school and they don't want to talk to me nah make sure as long as your networking email is like catered and personal to the person you're talking to like you know you know, don't just sound generic networking emails, right? Like actually put effort into like writing out like the person's background. Be like, oh, I saw you used to do this, do that. Now you work in banking. I love to hear about your story and your journey, how you broke into the industry. Have all that stuff in there. Um, It will, it will dramatically increase your reply rate. Trust me. I worked in banking. I know what works. um, Like when people send emails to me and stuff, like, trust me, a lot of people send generic emails. I don't reply to that. If you send me more like a specific catered email, I'll probably reply to you. Uh, like, for example, my, during banking, my response rate when I was recruiting was like 15%, which is p- pretty high. That's pretty high. Um, but if you sent generic emails, you, I don't know, like maybe like 5% or something like that. It's going to take you longer, but it would be worth it. And I'll see like, if you send like five to seven emails a day, you're fine. You're fine. You know, like, don't listen to all this bullshit people going, oh, I sent like 400 emails a day. Really? Really? You send like, 400 network emails a day. Okay, let's do the math. Monday to Friday, 400 networking emails a day. That is 2,000 emails. Okay. You're going to run out investment banking professionals. Like, not even, I'm not even talking about like a bank or anything. You're going to run out investment bankers to speak to it in like two weeks, two, three weeks. Okay. I don't think there's that many bankers in the USA and Canada combined. Let's even throw UK in there. Okay. Let's like, just for some reason, networking UK companies. Um, but yeah, like, look, just make your emails detail dedicated to an individual and you will see a much higher response rate all right i think that's all i need to cover for getting into banking um, by the way if anyone's listening to this and you have questions like feel free to just reach out to me on instagram like i, I don't bite; i'll answer your questions uh, as long as you don't spam me like all the time like i will answer your questions as long as they're well thought out and thoughtful and stuff so yeah next up i want to talk about um uh, my story of leaving investment banking, right? So when I started my first day in investment banking, my um, like first day on a job, my training was great. So my training was held, held in Charlotte, North Carolina, because that's where the Wells Fargo headquarters was held at. Um, so it, it, it was it was a good time. I, I met a bunch of people, um, hung out with a bunch of coworkers. Everyone's like the same age. They were all like young, 22, 23, working our first jobs out of college. It was fine. It was great. Uh, I had a good, good time doing training. But I remember coming back to the office and the first day I stepped into my office, I knew something was off. It just, you know, that feeling when, when you do something and from the get go, it just kind of feels off. But you can't pinpoint why it felt that way. That's kind of how I felt when I stepped in the first day into the office at, at um, Wells Fargo. Again, everything I say in this podcast has nothing to do with the individual companies I work at. There's nothing bad, say anything bad about them. Um, like Piper and Wells, nothing bad. This is just all my personal experiences and my own personal observations based on like, this is like a huge disclaimer right now. This is like, just hey, don't sue me. <laughs> this is this is just my experience, okay? And things I'm thinking about. None of this has any to do with the companies I work at. Um, but I knew something off since day one, just because I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I was in the right place for some weird reason. And the first six months of the job were pretty chill. You know, it was kind of tough because you're learning how everything works. you know, learning the process. You're learning how like investment banking works, how investment banks operate. Um, and they're chill, but I just never really enjoyed the job that much, right? Yeah, I was working like, you know, some weeks I work like 40 hours, other weeks I work like 100 hours and stuff. Maybe it balanced out to be like 60, 70 hours a week. Um, but overall, like after some time, I just kind of felt like the job was kind of BS and the work I was doing was a little just, BS just for sake of it. Like, I felt like it wasn't much value add, and I just never found much enjoyment doing the work. It didn't feel very analytical to me. You're just pulling data from different sources and putting shit together, and you don't really build financial models because I was on a coverage team. Um, even an MA team, when you do, you're plugging stuff in the template anyway. So there, there wasn't a lot of analytical thinking. It was just like a lot of gathering data and putting stuff together. and powerpoint excel and getting on calls and yeah you learn a lot i guess you can say like about industry how the investing world works but it wasn't what i thought it would be i guess you can put it that way right um and, and again maybe it has something to do with the, the bank i worked on the team i worked on the location i was worked on and may just had i think it had a lot to do with my expectations of the job but i'll tell you something it what i'm saying right now if you ask any bankers like it's it's pretty standard in what i'm saying right now like i'm not saying anything new Right now about the job, like not no, a lot of people feel feel kind of same way about the job, um. But yeah, um. But yeah, it it was just one, and and this was like in late 2019. Okay, so I started in June of 2019, and the job didn't, and then obviously you know 2020 happened, and then we all know what happened. COVID hit during 2020. So I went home. So I was in San Francisco, San Francisco, and then I went home to LA when COVID hit in like February, March of 2020, right? And this is when everything got really bad. This is when everything got really bad. Um, this is this is when you're just at home all day long. You're working in your house from like, you wake up, you go to your desk, 9 a.m., and then you get off, get away, you eat lunch at your desk, you eat dinner at your desk. Not all the time. Sometimes you eat dinner at the dinner table. And then you work, 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 and then you go to bed at 12. You wake up, do the same thing the next day. So eventually it just got very mentally draining because you're just in your, your room all day doing the same shit over and over again, especially at the peak of COVID, beginning of it, when you literally just couldn't do anything and go out. Right? You, you had no outlet, right? So that was legit just what you did all day long. Um, it, got, it really got to me. And I think I always tell people this, it's like COVID wasn't the reason why I quit banking. It just accelerated it. It just, it just made the process faster. It just made me realize quicker why I didn't like the job right? It it gave me time, and I think this is pretty common among a lot of people that quit their jobs during COVID. It just gave you the opportunity to really be by yourself and understand, oh, yeah, I really don't like this, when, when there's no of, like, that outside perspective, right? Like, um, living in a city, hanging out with friends, you know, I, I guess getting that prestige and clout from working in the finance industry and stuff. Um, you don't get enough that. It's just you in your home and your boxers sitting in front of a computer, you know, type typing shit out on the computer, right? It's, 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 it's a lot different. Um, So, I was at first. I was like, oh, I don't want to think too much about this. I yeah, it's it's part. Of, everybody hates their job, right? Everybody hates their job. It's it's, it's this is normal. This is normal. Like, it's it's normal that I'm feeling this way. So, I'm not going to think too much about it. But what happened later on that year, in August of that year, I closed my first deal. Right. Um, I was working on this billion-dollar IPO for a company, and I was able to, you know, beyond that deal, and it was, it was a great deal. It was awesome. I, I really liked my team. Um, and I was able to close the deal, but. I realized when I, when the deal closed, I didn't really care. Like, it didn't feel it didn't like feel anything special to me. I was just like, oh, cool. I right, closed the deal. All right, all right, what's next, you know? And kind of the whole point of banking is to kind of close the deal and to have that feeling of satisfaction that you find close the deal, right? To be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll close the deal. Like, this company is not public. Like, look at what I did. But I never got that. And that was kind of disappointing to me because... I thought that was kind of the point of why I joined industry. And I was like, what's the point of doing all this like sacrificing and all this like, you know, long hours and BS work and just like, you know, you know, letting myself go in terms of my health just for something that I wasn't even too happy about. And here's the next thing too. I got my bonus check, right? In like August of 2020. And when the check came in, I was like, yeah, was a good amount of money. But I was also just like, whatever, man, whatever. (laughs) Like it felt good, but it didn't change my life. Obviously, like, you know, your first-year analyst, like, you're not being paid that much anyways, but it, it, I, I thought what felt something more. I thought what felt something more. But I think that was the moment that I realized I had to quit banking. I think that was the moment I realized. I was like, deals do nothing for me. The bonus check didn't do anything for me. I'm going to hate my life if I continue down this path, right? And I, I, I kind of considered going to private equity, venture capital, corporate development at that point. But in the back of my head, I kind of knew what I wanted to do next. I kind of knew. I was like, I did banking for the wrong reasons. I joined it because I thought it was cool. It was prestigious. I wanted to work a more intense job, uh, but mostly I did it because it was prestigious. I think that's pretty common. I think a lot of people do banking for a prestige, right? Prestige and money. Like, okay, if anyone says they didn't do banking for prestige and money, all right, you're lying. Okay, at least at least twenty percent you did for that reason. Okay, Um, but I knew I wanted to try something more, and for me. Doing something more was kind of like doing my own thing, right? I wanted to go down this path of like, I guess, just self self exploration, but I kind of wanted to like try out starting a business and also creating content. I knew creating content was something that I always wanted to do. when I was a kid, like I used to make like video game commentary when I was um, like in middle school. I stopped doing it because my siblings made fun of me. I got super insecure <laughs> about it, <laughs> but I always knew I wanted to create content. Um, so. I knew I wanted to quit my job since like August of like 2020, but I didn't execute on it until January 2021, and I want to talk a little about why it takes so long to um, quit the job in investment banking because the industry was so hard to get into in the first place, and because of that, and you get paid pretty well, and you know obviously you know I create content about investment banking, so many people try to get into it. You almost feel this sense of like, why am I giving up something so good for this silly dream or interest that I have? Like, am I stupid for giving up something so good? Am I just spoiled? Am I unappreciative for not appreciating what else I was able to achieve and having this nice job, even though like you know you work long hours, kind of toxic and stuff. But I think that was the biggest hardest part to overcome. And obviously, the next part is just like, can I make more money on my own than I will invest in banking, right? Because it's also a huge financial risk in, in terms of like relatively, right? Like obviously, like you can work a job, um, any job, and probably make good money. But the people again, to banking are probably people that want to make a lot of money, right? And for you to quit and say, "I'm I'm going to sacrifice making a lot of money in banking, and go figure out my own thing, and potentially not make any money for the next two years while I see my peers not only continue to earn." but also investor, you know, assets, money into assets and stuff and be like having such a high earning power. Like a lot of peers right now are probably making over 300 easily invest in like the finance world. Right. So I I think that was the hardest part was just like, number one, I feel like I was unappreciative for quitting this job that I should be technically appreciative for having, like I should be happy I have this job. Number two it's like, damn, like, I'm I'm a competitive guy. i like, yeah, am I really going to sacrifice like this earning potential for this silly dream that I have? But I knew I was young. I'm still young, relatively. <laughs> 26 today. Um, but I knew I was young, and I knew I had to do something about it. Because I was like, if I don't do something now, I know 5, 10 years from now, I'm going to regret not doing it. I'm going to regret it. 100%. And that feeling of knowing that I'll regret not trying something for myself was exponentially scarier than the financial risk, the, the guilt of staying in the job or not staying in a job. I think another reason why I want I knew I had to quit investment banking was I think deep down inside, I just knew I was never gonna be the best banker. You know, because how I just wasn't a fan of the industry. I didn't really resonate with the culture of it. And, you know, I just never really found the job and the work that interesting. I mean, granted, I don't think a lot of people do. But I think because of those reasons, um, I kind of knew I I was never going to be a great banker, right? I was just going to be kind of mediocre. And I didn't want to work a job and become like so tenured in a job that, I knew I was just going to be okay at, right? Because if I'm going to do something, I want to be great at it. I, I want to be at least in, like, the top 1% or something, right? And what's the point of working a job if you feel like you're just going to be kind of, like, mid-tier? So, yeah, I I, I want to try out things because I was like, maybe my talent and my interests are hidden somewhere else, right? And it's up to me to explore that because whatever it was, I was like, probably isn't in banking i i don't I, I didn't think this was for me and 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 that's why I knew I had to quit so over the christmas of twenty twenty you know i I took two weeks off from work christmas time you know th- thank god that I saw my some of my coworkers had work over Christmas and New Year's thank God I did it um I just had time to myself I had time to myself to really think about what I wanted, and I came to conclusion like i said it's just like no i i the risk of quitting. Uh, does not weigh or uh, how should I say it? it's like it, the risk isn't that high like I think there's more risk staying in this job because I know I would hate myself and regret not trying something in five to ten years and I always knew I wanted to like do something entrepreneurial start a business because it, it, anytime I had an interview, people like oh where do you see yourself 10 years from now I always say oh I want to be my own business owner I want to start a business I always said that since the beginning even when I was an engineer I always said I wanted to be this business owner of some type and I was like Now's the time to go try it. You, you tried to invest in banking. That was cool. Now, it almost felt like it was like, you've done that. It's time for your next move, next step in life. So January 1st, or whenever it was, the first day we got back to work, uh, what was actually funny at this point was I was actually planning to lateral to a different bank because I thought that'll solve my problems, right? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not happy at, at at this current bank. Let me lateral to a different bank. That'll probably solve my problems. You know, and these were, these were like, you know, like uh, you know other like big bullish bracket banks that I would have only dreamed of interviewing at two years ago, dreamed, right? These things would never have gave me a chance two years ago. Now they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you should come interview for us. So literally the first day I came back to work, I put my two week notice to my boss and I turned down all the super day offers at these other banks and said, sorry, I don't want to interview. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with investment banking. I'm just done um so yeah that was it i quit my job i i told my managers to my peers that i was quitting everyone's like where are you going you go in different shops you go you, uh, where, where are you laddering to um you're going to corporate development uh you're going to private equity i was just like nah i'm gonna quit i'm gonna go, i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna try my own thing and yeah that and that was kind of story from there on and honestly best fucking decision of my life i mean i don't want to say it like that in which it's like Oh yeah, you know, like you ever should quit banking. It's such a shitty job and stuff. But for me, doing that was kind of like monumental in me, by like, just having that courage to finally quit something that I kind of worked so hard to get. And like, I it kind of like proved to me that like I have that mental fortitude to, to give us something that I value so much because I feel like there's something much better out there for me. You know, like. You know, it's, I I forget who said this. I think it's Alex Hermosi or something. He said something on lines of like, we usually won't give up what we have because we don't understand like what's out there because we don't want to give up something good for the possibility of something great. Right. And I think that really applies here like banking on something good, but I want to chase something great. And I knew I I had to give up something good to chase something great. And that's why I made the decision. So yeah, that, that oh shit, that, damn, this podcast has been super long so far, um, but I want to tell my whole story. So anyways, the last, the last portion, I'm just going to quickly run over what I'm, uh, what I'm doing next, right? Um, oh yeah. If any of you guys out there are trying to quit investment banking, um, just put it this way. Here's my advice for anyone out there that wants to quit investment banking. If you quitting doesn't hurt any, oh, number one, you, you got to understand this. Are you trying to quit because you hate your job? You hate working a job? Or you just want a different job? That's number one you gotta ask yourself. If you just want a different job, just go get a different job, right? But if you realize you hate working a job and you wanna try something else, ask yourself this next question. Is me quitting going to impact anyone around me? Am I hurting anyone by quitting this job, right? Is there someone that depends on me financially that if I quit, I kind of screw them over? If not, fuck it dude just fucking do it it's it's like the only person you're hurting is yourself right i mean i I shouldn't say that but if you're if you're not gonna hurt anyone around you and no one's gonna be affected by your decision why does it matter just do it just try it you can especially if you're a banker you can always find a nerd job you can always find a nerd job which kind of sucks because it kind of gives you like Kind of like a, like, I don't know, it, makes you, it, it almost makes you lazy as an entrepreneur sometimes because you're like, oh yeah, this will work out. I'll just go back and probably get another six figure job again. <laughs> but look, that's my belief. If, if it doesn't, if you're not hurting anyone and you know, like, you're not looking for a different job, you want to try something on your own, you want to quit, like, just working corporate for a bit, just go for it, man. Just go for it. That'll be my advice. All right. Last part. Thank you, all Thank you for listening to this right now still. Thank you so much. If you are, send me a deal on Instagram like like message me and let me know you actually listen to this podcast like I will love you forever if you actually listen this far and deep into it um next part what I am up to now so as you all know I mean probably you're listening to podcasts you know I create content on TikTok right so I've been doing that for a year and seven months at this point um because I started in January 2021 literally like Thursday like the week after I quit my job I posted my first TikTok about investing banking um And, you know, if you guys don't know my story, I started out creating TikTok about investment banking, how to get into it, my story, my lifestyle. Uh, Eventually, eventually I started to go more broad. I started talking about more general career tips, networking tips, interviewing tips, and obviously the email templates that everyone knows me for. Um, I started doing that. That really blew up my account. But now I feel like I'm at the point where... Which is kind of the reason why I'm doing this podcast right now is I want to start niching down and kind of start focusing back in on the finance content and the finance community and investment banking because I feel like that's where my voice is at and that's where my true value at comes in because uh, obviously like I come I come from that world um, I I understand I guess the life and the mindset of like finance investment bankers and I think like that's just where my value add is at. You know, and I wanna I wanna create content that people find valuable for me, right? So I definitely want to start niching back down into the finance uh, content community. I'm still not going to stop doing like my email templates and you know networking, general recruits, all that stuff, but I want to start creating a lot more finance finance content, finance related content, because again, I just I just feel like that's that's where I can find my true strength, my true voice, and where I can really foster community around it. Right, with both aspiring finance professionals and also current finance professionals either looking to switch a different finance job or get out finance altogether. I wanna I wanna be kind of like that voice and build that community of like professionals in the finance world. And you know, down the line, who knows, right? Maybe we branch out into like more general career stuff. May I don't even do this anymore. But as a stance, that's kind of like my current plan. Uh, e-commerce. So if you guys don't know as well i also been working on drop shipping in the past year and a half as well. Uh, again, I have like ups and downs. Was able to scale a couple of stores or I guess like three stores in total. Like I think I scaled like three stores in total. Like all the revenue added up together was like 150000 But unfortunately, it was not profitable on those three stores. Or I guess I broke even technically. I'll say I, I broke even on, on those three stores added together. Maybe even a little bit profitable if you like remove all the money I spent on mentorships and stuff, but I do plan on you know still continuing doing um, e commerce I'm taking a break from it right now just because I guess we'll burn down a whole burnt out from it so I'm just taking a break from it but I do plan on getting back into it like I guess like next week next week because I have goals for e-commerce and I want to accomplish those goals and you know what if I don't hit those goals that's fine but I want to try to still strive for it, right? And but if I come to realize that e-commerce just isn't for me, it's not going to work, and there's other business opportunities are better and smarter for me to do, I'll probably go pursue pursue that instead. But as it stands, I still want to make e-commerce work for me. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna start doing more brand partnerships, but going forward, the brands that I want to work with, I really only want to work with brands that I truly believe in, and I want to start signing like more long-term partnerships with these brands because. I don't want to do these one-offs just because I feel like it doesn't provide a lot of value to these brands. Like people don't really convert off of one ad. Also, like I want to work with brands that I know my audience likes and my audience would resonate with, right? For example, I would love to do a brand partnership with LinkedIn. Why? Well, number one, I talk about quite a bit. Number two, I actually love LinkedIn. Number three, like, yo, I, I attribute half the reason I got to invest in banking because of LinkedIn. So, if there's any way to have like a win-win-win for all three parties? Like, you know, uh, I give I give my viewers a discount code on LinkedIn Premium, and you guys go slam for LinkedIn Premium, and obviously, I you know I get a cut of it and stuff. Um, I, but yeah, then it'll be a win-win-win situation, right? It's this is like I get value, the my audience gets value, and LinkedIn gets value gets value as well. So that will become a plan going forward. Um, I I might still do one-off brand deals here and there, but I, w- I definitely want to start focusing on more long-term brand partnerships and working on brands that I feel like really resonate with my audience and kind of what I'm about. Uh, last thing, uh, other monetizations things, because now I'm kind of like a year and a half into like this whole entrepreneurship journey, I'm really starting to like you know focus on and you know, making sense of how I'm going to make this sustainable, how I'm going to monetize my content, how I'm going to successfully build a business around this, um, around e-commerce as well. And, you know, I've been potentially, and this is like very up in the air. And, you know, if if you guys are, you know, listening to this, I would love to hear your feedback about this, but I might potentially consider creating like a mentorship for investment banking, um, like college students, university students, or even people in the postgraduate that want to get into investment banking, but don't know where to begin, right? Whether you go to non-target school, um, you have no experience, you know, because that's kind of, like, where I came from. So I really understand a lot of where, you know, you guys are coming from if you don't have an experience of, like, I guess, like, knowing anything about investment banking to get to the point of knowing enough to get a job and internship. Like, I know how to walk through the entire process because, obviously, I I've done it before. Um, so I, I've been considering like creating like a mentorship program. I don't know if it's going to be like one-on-one, um, cohort mentorship, or just like do like a course with like, w- with like one-on-one calls, like tagged onto, um, the course, uh, for like the next recruitment cycle. Right. So like for sophomores, uh, incoming sophomores for next spring's recruitment. So I don't know. I've been thinking about that. Um, if any of you guys are interested in that idea or participating in it, like let me know if you're interested in like me creating a mentorship for college students to get into investment banking, or even like people who already graduated that want to get into banking. Like, you guys aren't out of the picture as well. But yeah, just send me a DM on Instagram if that sounds sounds interesting to you. If I actually have people, I mean, I don't know if anyone's listening to, like this like an hour into this podcast just me talking about myself. But if you are and you hear this and you're interested, like definitely let me know. Like I'll I'll love to like understand what you guys have any thoughts around that. Cause then they the like I don't want to do it if no one wants me to do it. And I I, I, I hate to say this, but I, I really don't like selling my audience on like stuff. But um it, it just doesn't make me feel good. It just doesn't make me feel good. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. But you know, if I'm trying to I guess be like a better business person. If if there's a way I can provide provide value and you guys can get valued as well. Um and you know I can obviously get paid for it then you know, maybe on end the day, it's a win-win situation and it's not so bad, right? Like sales shouldn't be, and business shouldn't be, because as a bad thing. But I, I just don't like selling things to my audience. I just don't. But if, I, if I'm to do the mentorship, I'll, I will have to charge for it, obviously, just because, well, I, your boy got to make a living, you know? Um, so, yeah. That's about wraps up this episode. This first ever episode of the revamped maiming Duck podcast. Again, so I'm still working on the name. I'm probably just going to name it something like "Breaking Into Investment Banking" and parentheses like "or out." <laughs> I think that's just what I talk about. But if you're tuning in, still, this is a podcast about finance, breaking the finance, breaking out finance, and talking about different careers in finance and how I guess like we can learn about different lifestyles and careers in finance and how you know finance may not be the only career out there for you, right? The different careers that you can potentially go into if you don't want to work in finance career. Um, But other than that, thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you guys all on the second episode. See you guys. Bye.